This is episode 203 of the Read to Lead podcast, uh, an episode that's quite a bit different uh, than most, absent of the usual fanfare. If this is your first time listening, this is not the norm. Uh, No sponsors to mention, uh, no author to interview, just you and me. And I want to talk to you today about legacy and ask you if you've considered what legacy you're in the process of leaving and creating for, for you and your family. Just last week, I lost my father. He was 81 years old and loved and respected by, by many in the community. But I had, I had no idea how many until this, this past week. I was blown away upon walking into the venue almost 30 minutes early to find it, with the exception of the front row, already full. Additional chairs were brought in, and when things got underway, many were standing in the back because that was their only option. And I remember the pastor pointing out that normally when he leads a service for an elderly person who has passed away, there's often you know a handful of people in the room, immediate family and maybe some extended family, and, and that's about it. It was unusual seeing dozens, if not hundreds, of people there to pay respects to my dad, people who had been impacted by my father in ways that I wasn't even aware of. I was especially moved to learn of the impact he had on the neighborhood kids I grew up with, many of whom showed up for the visitation or the funeral or both. One neighbor shared how she looked to my father as a, as a, as a father figure in that, that her biological father was out of the picture. Another shared how our street, our neighborhood, was, was made better because of men like Joe. A friend of mine who I grew up with named Terry, whose son now lives in the home he grew up in. Anthony and his wife and children represent yet another generation, not just my generation, but the next generation that was impacted by my dad. One shared about the story of her older brother, who himself has, has since passed away. He'd had some troubling times in his life, and I believe, as the story goes, wasn't given a second chance by many people in his life. But my dad was one of those who did give that chance, that second chance, who, who offered him a job when a job for him was, was difficult to find. You'll hear from, from some of these folks personally toward, toward the end of, of this episode, as they were kind enough to answer my request to, to share some of their thoughts. Why am I sharing some of this? It's mainly because I want you to evaluate the legacy you're leaving, the legacy you're creating for your family and your friends. Oftentimes when I hear the word legacy, my mind goes straight to finances. And am I setting my family up to be taken care of financially when I pass? But obviously, legacy goes far beyond that. I was not prepared for the amount of love and respect and just the number of faces I saw this past week, people who came from far and wide to pay respects to my father. And I know that's the kind of legacy I want to leave. That's the way I want to be remembered. And so the question you may be asking is, well, that's great, Jeff. So how do I do that? My dad was a man who treated everybody the same. I think the reason many of my friends I grew up with remember my dad the way they do because he didn't treat them any differently than he did myself or my brother or my sister. 
he showed oftentimes as much love and respect toward them as he did toward us. Other neighbors talk about him always being there to lend a hand. He was honest to a fault. He was a humble man, sometimes too much so. He was kind. He was compassionate. He was caring. He was loving. And he'd give you the shirt off his back. And toward the last 20 or so years of his life, his faith was at the very center of all he was. He lived out his faith. They weren't just words. It wasn't just talk. He led by his actions. If you get nothing out of this conversation today, I want you to take home this. In every interaction you have today and from this day forward, whether it's a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, the cashier, the waitress, the waiter, the bellhop, the valet, I want you to be aware of how you're treating that individual. Are you treating them with respect? Are you treating them with kindness? Are you treating them the way you would want to be treated? Maybe it's that mom and or dad on the airplane whose baby is pretty fussy. There was a recent story along those lines in the news of, of, uh, of a young woman who didn't take too kindly to that loud baby and made it known and ended up getting removed from the plane, if I'm not mistaken, and, and her job may be in jeopardy. Now, treat people kindly, not just because bad things might happen to you if you don't, but because it's the right thing to do. That parent who's struggling with that child on that airplane could probably use a smile from you rather than a frown could probably use, if just the offer of a helping hand, even if not needed. I know that when I go, I want the children who are around the adult Jeff decades later to be at my funeral because of how I made them feel. And I want the same for you. Now, I realize this is not earth-shattering advice to treat everybody the same, to treat others the way you would like to be treated, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be caring. But I believe we don't very often think of being those things in the context of our entire lives. It's those little things that add up to legacy. Take any individual moment from my dad's life, and you might see a lot of ordinary. But what I saw last week was extraordinary. Don't miss out on the opportunity to impact those around you, even strangers, with the little things. The things that are so easy to do, really. It may be these same people at your funeral, years from now, impacting your children with their stories. That, to me, is how you leave a legacy. Thank you for permitting me to share some of these personal thoughts with you. I understand that not everybody has or had a great relationship with their dad. And if that's you, I'm truly sorry that that those are the cards you were dealt. I hope you'll apply what I've shared here today to everyone else around you. And not to allow the absence of a father altogether or the absence of a good father to stop you. If your dad is still around, your mom is still around, and, and for whatever reason you're not on speaking terms with them, I hope that, if appropriate, 
you'll think long and hard today about rectifying that, about, about changing that. If you do, however, have a good relationship with your father, if he's still here, hug him extra tight today. Give him one extra I love you or kiss on the cheek today. Call him on the phone and tell him how you feel. Thank you. My name is Rose Beasley, and I did not have the privilege of growing up on Beulah Street, but I was fortunate enough to marry someone that did. The stories that I've heard about how the kids all played together and how everyone looked out for one another, how hard the dads worked and took care of their families makes me envious that I didn't get to live on that street. I think that it's amazing that several people still live there and will probably live there until they pass away. My son now lives on that street and my grandchildren are getting to experience a little bit of Beulah land as one of the neighbors calls that street. Joe was a very hard worker. Um, If you needed anything, you could just go borrow it from Joe. He never hesitated. My grandkids thought a lot of Joe. He would give them a dollar for helping him check the mail or helping carry groceries in. My grandkids always take Christmas cookies to their house. I, I just think it's an awesome place to live, and Joe was a big part of that, and he will be greatly missed. My name is Terry Beasley. I grew up across the street from Joe Brown. I've got two brothers. He always referred to us as the Beasley Boys. Joe was a hardworking man, a great neighbor. Uh, as we got older in life, became a really good friend. If you need anything, you just go across the street and ask Joe. My son and his wife and kids actually live in the house that I grew up in across the street from Joe and Peggy, and they've became very close to Joe. Joe would send Christmas presents over to the kids, and it's it's hard to say what makes a good guy or a good man, but Joe had it all. You just, anything you needed, he was there for you, anything. He's going to be truly missed by our family, and I know my grandkids are going to miss him very much. Just a few thoughts about Joe Brown. He took care of his family. They always had just a nice house. Everything was proper, taken care of, neat and tidy. And he took pride in the appearance of his home and garden. I never saw weed in his garden. And he was generous with his vegetables. He shared his tomatoes and he got as much joy as giving them away as my stepdad got in receiving them. And he would mow the front yard of my parents' house when they couldn't and he would never take any money for that. And I remember one time my husband was able to mow the front yard for Joe when he was away, and my husband said that he mowed the grass like four times to try to make it look as good as Joe made it look, because he wanted to make sure that Joe would be happy with it. And when I would visit my parents' house, I would look forward to seeing him on his porch. Joe would always have a wave and a smile, and he'd welcome you to the porch if you had time to sit and talk for a bit. He's going to be truly missed by our family. He will be greatly missed.